Welcome to another Monday edition of the Philly Experience Podcast. Different voice behind the uh, host today, as our very gracious, very handsome host is sneakily walking into the door right now. And in case you don't know who I am, I am Tire Hood. See, everybody knows who you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, now you decide to show up? You know what? You know what? I can't stay you sometimes. I really can't. This is almost the equivalent of the Geno Smith butt fumble. <laughs> I agree. I'm sick of this. Yeah, right. and we could have skipped the intro altogether. Agree. We could have just dropped right into it. Yes. All, all right. right, all right. Let's get into it. Let's get into let's it. Let's I want go. to touch on topics right. today. <laughs> Instead, we had to try to act like Max James, but none of us can pull it off. Nope. Nobody could pull off the intro? Uh, I, I kind of did it. All right, T. Every time I do it, I'm sorry. Well, I appreciate, I appreciate the... Uh... <sighs> this is almost as rough as how the Sixers have been playing. <laughs> wow, what an excellent okay, That was a great transition. Yes, that was. Like, Let's get right into it. A plus. 76ers yep. played the Clippers Yes, they yesterday. did. Came within, what, six points? Uh, at first, yeah. At first, they were leading, and um, it was all thanks to Mr. Shake and Bake Milton. Where was this performance at the entire season? And an NBA record now. He had 13 or more consecutive three-pointers. Do you know how many times, week after week, me and Max have disrespected this man, and now all of a sudden he comes out and scores 39 points against one of the best teams in the NBA? Where was this at? Seriously. Well, it it takes for, you know, your starters to... (sighs) To not oh, be in the game. Man, that's irritating. To show you what you really have on the bench. And to top that off, not only were Embiid and Simmons out, but Josh Richardson got a concussion. Um, I, I'm pretty sure he also he messed up his nose. I don't know if it was broken or not, but he was out of the game too. At one point. I'm sorry. Um, this medical staff has to be. I, I thought the Eagles medical staff was bad. Like, seriously. So. Let's go to the Simmons injury, all right? So how do you not see after a couple of lips, Simmons is kind of favoring his back a little bit? Mind you, the man doesn't have kids yet, so why in the world is he having back problems? But that's besides the point. We're not talking about that right now. I mean, we all know that. <laughs> let's get back to the facts. So nobody says, hey, let's pull the plug on our superstar. He looks like he's a little gimpy. Like, seriously, I'm going to need the entire Sixers medical staff. Seriously. Get the f- out. Yes, get out. Well, we're not going to go into my rant again about how he should have been set against um, the Bucks because that's really a pointless, a pointless game. You're yes. not going to get anything from it. Um, he was already sitting the game before. Um, why not sit him two games in a row and get him the, as much rest as possible? And now they're talking about that if you know they're, he's going to go back for evaluation, I guess, in another week, week and a half. And now they're talking about the potential of him having a herniated <laughs> disc. And if it doesn't heal, that he's going to need off-season surgery like are you kidding me right now yeah herniated discs are tough that so many different things can happen to your back and your body uh based off of a herniated disc and i feel like man if he has to you're always on your back if he has to have surgery and miss some time uh that would be just a icing on the cake to what has been a disappointing season so far 
I think with Josh Richardson also getting injured, one of, another one of our you know better players, I'd say maybe top four or five player on our team. Um, it was great to see Shake Milton score thirty nine points. His three point shooting has been badly needed, and this is a player that I've seen Woo! so far that's playing with a lot of confidence, especially lately from beyond the arc. I've seen him; his form looks great. And I know that because when he's shooting threes, some of them are way beyond the, the arc. Yeah. And he's really putting a perfect touch, just the right amount of you know force on that shot to really get it in based on where he is on the floor. I think his touch is key because he's shooting from way beyond the arc yes. at the top of the key. He's shooting from that short corner, you know, on, or corner three, I should say. And those are two completely different shots. So he's really got a great touch going right now. Agree. And... Now, listen, it's only been a couple games, but I was going to ask you guys, how, how much confidence do you have in him going forward? And where, as of right now, you know, you want to, like, like we talked earlier, right, about mm-hmm. Furkan. He had 36 points, you know, or 30-plus points in back-to-back games. And we were kind of discussing, do we put him in the starting lineup? Do we keep him off the bench? Ultimately, the, what happened was he got put into the starting lineup for a game or two mm-hmm. and didn't have the same performance. So do you guys think Shake Milton should be like coming off the bench as a six-man, or do you think... Maybe we have to force the hand here because of the fact that we have so many injuries. He ain't got no choice. Now he has to play. You really don't have much of a choice. And how much of this 39-point game that he had last night is a mirage? Like, how much of it do we believe? Is Are we going to expect him to go out and score 15-plus points a night and help this, to help mm-hmm. this team get a victory? Well, he had 19 points against the Knicks the other um, the game before last night. Mm-hmm. And that's... Um, Consistent-wise, I'm not sure yet if we've seen enough to really judge him on how he can play uh, to the most of his ability. Right now, he, we're just you know using him to fill in the spots that are missing. Right. It would have been real nice to get that opening uh, road trip win. Uh, they definitely fought hard, but just too much firepower for the Clippers. Now they got to turn around, play in the same building tomorrow night against yep. the Lakers, which is going to be another tough game. Obviously, the Lakers one of the best teams in the whole league. Uh, so. Uh, I just hope Shake Milton just can keep it up, keep up the confidence. That's one thing I've seen with him lately. You know, it's almost feel it feels like, uh, in his opinion, he belongs now. Finally, getting the playing time. You know, I feel like he deserves like you know a little bit uh, more of the pie, so to speak, because we really need people to step up. Good thing he is at, at the right time, especially with these injuries. Now with Ben Simmons, back to the injury thing. I don't know. I don't think any of us do no. when he will be back. But with those back injuries, one, and, and the nerve damage as well, uh, I really wouldn't expect to see Ben back for probably – it could be into the playoffs, and, and I wouldn't be surprised if he misses the, the rest of the season. Which is frustrating because this is an injury that could have been possibly prevented. Yeah, if, definitely. If somebody would have had the common sense to pay attention, hey, mm-hmm. big six foot ten guy is a little gimpy. Now listen, his back yeah, a see, bit. I agree. I, I do think he had something wrong with his back. I don't know if him beat playing against Milwaukee would have. Well, it, it certainly wouldn't have helped or didn't help. I, I guess I should say, but I do think that if he didn't play against Milwaukee, then he may have a chance of coming back this season. I definitely think playing in Milwaukee did more damage to it. Right. And um, you know, with him on the shelf and Embiid as well, I do. I think Embiid can come back. Embiid's for probably the, for the yeah. stretch run, maybe. But again, I'm not. We're going to be a five or six, probably. That's where we're going to stand, right? We're either going to get past. We're only half a game up on the Pacers, and right now we're in the fifth spot. So, if we can somehow avoid the Bucks in the second round, you know, mm-hmm. thinking ahead now, I wouldn't be really surprised. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if that's where we land, right? I'm trying to get. In my opinion, I'm saying, okay, what gives us the best chance to get far in the playoffs? I okay. think if we play this, if we're the sixth seed, 
we end up playing the three seed, which is looking like it's either going to be Boston or Toronto, which, again, would be a tough matchup. I think we would benefit better playing the Celtics, yes. but that's just me. Uh, it's it's wherever the ball falls, that's how it's going to match up. And then we would avoid the Bucks in the second round. So right now, again, that's far-fetched because yeah. of the injuries. And hopefully, you know, the key thing here is our two All-Stars need to get healthy. And I don't want to rush anything when it comes no. to that, obviously. Josh Richardson's another thing. We, we don't have too much an update because it just happened yesterday. Right. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Tanner, you mentioned the broken nose possibility. I definitely know he's in concussion protocol, which is probably going to take a week to 12 days just to get him cleared if, if uh, you know, it's just a concussion. Mm. But we'll see. I, I do think without Josh Richardson, without Joel Embiid, without Ben Simmons, it's going to be really tough because this West Coast trip, didn't, it didn't start out on the right foot, and now we still got three games left. Right, and that's the crazy part. It's like you said, you don't want to you don't want to hurt these um, hurt our superstars any further for the future. I'm talking yeah, about here. Yeah, exactly. And I, I guess it goes to my point of okay, if we're going to be the fifth, sixty, let's be honest here. We all know at the end of the day, we're not going that very far. So, what's the point of even playing them? I, I'm at that point now. Like, what is the, honestly the point of playing and beating Simmons at this point? You know, you're not going to go far into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You're not. Yeah. It does not matter if you beat the Celtics. You're going to have to face the Bucks probably, or you're going to have to eventually face Toronto. Like it well, does not matter. Go ahead, Dan. Even a team like the Heat, first round play, right? The Heat, possible. the Heat is going to give you difficulty. I just don't see mm-hmm. us really beating the Heat in a series. Exactly. Right now, especially. Now let me let me transition to this topic real fast here, and this has more to do with Simmons and Embiid. You know, they, they, the way they play together. Um, now this might be a little. You know, we're talking maybe a little too soon to bring this topic up, but I do want to just throw it out there. Uh, the way Shake Milton's been playing, uh, it almost looks like he's he's a, he could be a solid point guard. Not saying a starter, but he could develop to that point. What do you guys think about having some guy, somebody like Shake, to play the point guard position, be able to shoot as well as ball handle and facilitate, and maybe you know somehow transition Horford to the bench and maybe put Embiid at the five or keep Embiid at the five and put Simmons at the four? Um, I've talked about the Sixers not having an actual point guard, and. <sighs> I, I guess you can give Shake Milton a shot at this point. I mean, what do you have to lose? Definitely better than uh, your ba- your true backup point guard right now, which would be Neto. Ooh, yeah. So oh, I think now, listen, the way we play, we have a four oh, out yeah. system with Embiid inside, and then even sometime Embiid pops out and we play five out. But this way, if Simmons plays the four instead of the one, he won't have the ball in his hands more, and he can kind of play a little bit down low, maybe short corner towards the paint, maybe a little bit more. Now, is he going to shoot? Well, no. He won't shoot because we've seen X amount of games from him, and he hasn't done that consistently yet. But just an opinion, just an idea to throw out there, have Simmons play the four and be play the five. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's going to work. That's just a possibility to, to see, hey, will this win us more basketball games rather than, hey, let's have Simmons run the point. Because, listen, Simmons has obviously played the point guard really well. He's a special player. Mm-hmm. But do you think moving him to the four gets us – a better opportunity to win more games in the future. So long as he shoots that ball. That's the only way that's that's mm-hmm. really going to work. I can't put, I think so too. I can't put somebody in a 3 on 4 position mm-hmm. that's not at least going to shoot, you know, 15 to 20 jumpers tonight. Yeah. Especially a guy like We're going to need him to shoot a little bit more. Yes. At least to be respectable. Like uh, I understand that you can drive and you can finish at the rim. That's that's cool and it looks like that you've increased your free throw percentage. But at the same time, if I'm going to move him from that one spot to a 3 or a 4, he has to shoot. Like, there's no ifs, ands, and buts about you it. You could even try this. Now, a lot of people, I'm getting a, getting a lot of reaction, especially from yesterday, into to, into this morning about how Al Horford could be washed, you know, isn't looking like himself from previous years. What about having Simmons kind of play the three? 
instead of the four, meaning, yeah, he still needs to shoot, but maybe he could shoot a mid-range two instead of the three and work on that more, and he can still have that ability as the three small forward to drive and get to the basket because, you know, you know, a Matisse-style type of player, yeah, Matisse can shoot, right? We've seen that. But he also can, has shown the ability to drive and get to the rim. Simmons, all he would really need to do from that standpoint is develop kind of a mid-range game but not even worry about the stretch or use his size and kind of do that uh, right-handed floater because mm-hmm. he's strong with his both hands mm-hmm. uh, and maybe kind of hit that, maybe like that eight-footer, you know, from outside the, the lane, maybe. I mean, I'm just throwing out ideas. I think then you would obviously need to have more guard help, more guard play. Yes. Josh Richardson could easily handle the two, but then you would need a true point guard after that. Yes. Which brings us to the draft mm. and – we already looking at the draft, huh? Well, the, here's the thing. If this were to happen, and again, this is all just based on speculation and ideas to throw out there because as fans, we want this team to succeed and win. We're trying to figure out the best way possible to make that happen. Now, we have to figure out who's going to stay, who's going to go, and who the, who's the flash in the pan and who's not. Furkan, he's going to give you offense. He's going to yeah. give you offensive firepower. That's what he's going to give you. He's able to shoot, able to get to the line, draw, draw fouls, and make free throws. But... We'll see from Shake Milton. It's, it's a wait-and-see approach. That's how I see it. We'll yeah. see. It's a wait-and-see. But, again, if you're going to divvy up different positions and change the roles of this team, we're not going to have a high draft pick. We know that. Yeah, it's going to no. be later on. we got to find a diamond in a rough, and yeah. maybe maybe we found that with Shake Milton. Yeah, possibly. I hope so. Um, I hope. I guess I don't wish no ill negativity towards him. I really I really do hope that he turns into an actual player that we can use for the future. Mm-hmm. I seriously mm-hmm. do. But I still have to worry about my superstars, yeah. the guys who I need to rely on, and I'm I'm not I'm not getting the production that I need from them. Here's I'm the, not getting the, the growth thing. that I needed from them. We're this g- we're going to figure it out. It's it's going to be a sink or swim approach. The, the, at the end of the day, Shake Mellon's going to get more playing time. He's he deserves it, and we're going to find out if he's able to you know compete at this level consistently or not. And he's going to get that opportunity down the stretch with the rest of these games, especially because of the injuries that have added up. Go ahead, Tanner. Now let me ask you guys something before the uh, deadline came uh we were wondering who would we rather keep on the team simmons or Embiid, and then after the all-star game we got to see just a couple games of the two playing who were you more impressed with after the all-star break you know Embiid had that 49 point game a few games ago mm-hmm. um who were you most impressed with that really dealt with what they heard people saying i think Embiid more or less responds and looks at that stuff and really takes that stuff to heart Whereas Simmons is still more laid back. Simmons is like, you know, I'm, I'm still going to go out and I'm going to do what I do. You know, I'm not going to listen to anybody else. Embiid feeds off of that negativity. He yeah. loves it. He loves when guys pump him up. He loves when people pump him up on social media. He loves when people, you know, get try to get under his skin. Right. He loves that. He lives off of that. That's literally so, how he operates. So is this question basically who would you rather have? Is that, or are you talking about? Yeah, who, after who, what you see, who 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 responds better to criticism Embiid, which is obviously Embiid and I agree with that because I th- last season it was when the Sixers were getting booed Simmons really seemed to be affected by that and he was actually mad at the fans for booing while Embiid probably embrace yeah he I know he would embrace that and he he communicates with the fans during the games mm-hmm. and so I guess I kind of answered my own question I, I think Embiid really responds to criticism the best out yeah. of the two but my question also was who were you most impressed with after the all-star break listen for me it all comes down to who has the better future who has a bigger opportunity to produce for us in the future i think with Embiid, looking big picture the injuries the body shape that he has at seven two is he going to be able to hold up for multiple seasons down the road i don't think so in my opinion now we got to get the most of what we can with him now because that's just how his body's built you know we've seen big man run down uh i think ben simmons is a once in a generational talent 
Um, I know that he hasn't shot the basketball, and that's been we've been talking about this for two years now, and the frustrations that's built up. But I'm I, sick of this. I think Ben Simmons, he just he's consistent, and that's one thing that we can't say about a lot of people on this team. Yeah, he doesn't shoot the basketball, but he's consistent, and you know what you're going to get out of him on a nightly basis. Embiid, no idea. He can get dominate like he did 49 points against the Knicks. Here's my problem with Embiid. When we play a team where we need to show out and, and prove to the world, listen, we're here and we're, our time is now, like against the Milwaukee Bucks like last Saturday night mm-hmm. or against the Celtics or against the Raptors, he doesn't show up. He he mopes around. He brings the energy level down on and off the court. Post-game interviews when he's not having a good – I mean, he's when he feeds off the home energy, and I think he's a totally different player. That's one thing where I say about Simmons. He brings it both ends every single night on the road or at home. And Bede, in, in front of the home fans against the Knicks, against the Hawks, against the Magic, 40, 35, 50 points, whatever you want to call it, fine. All right? That's fine. But when we need you, when we need you to show up against the Milwaukee Bucks on the road on a Saturday night primetime game in front of the national TV, you can't show up. You can't show up. No, yeah. there's no Ben Simmons. You he, piece of Swiss cheese. He drops 49 points against the Knicks, and you're thinking, okay, sweet. And, and then Simmons, was, Simmons not playing. Simmons not playing against Milwaukee Bucks as well because he, he tries to come back and he can't. A beat still has the whole entire game. Yep. You know, no Simmons out there, no excuses. Whereas he show, he doesn't show up. And that, yeah, that was the time that I really needed. I needed him beat. No step consistency. Up. We yeah. know we know the talent. We know the possibilities that he has when he's you know in the zone. But, but for Simmons, for me, go ahead. All right, one second, Chris. No, yeah, Simmons, yeah. for me, when we need somebody to count on, and I know he doesn't shoot the basketball, but you know what you're getting from Simmons. Yeah. And I think. Listen, we've been saying it for two years, like I mentioned earlier. If he can develop any kind of shot, I think I think that he could be key to our success in the future. Mm-hmm. Now, T, another thing I want to mention real quick, Chris, and you have some, I know you want to add stuff here. No, yeah. One thing which I agree with you is Simmons not shooting, coaching, definitely coaching. Yes. You have to get Simmons to shoot the basketball. Yes. I've said this before. If you're playing the Knicks on a Thursday night, you got You should first of all, you should win the game by thirty. If you're being realistic you here, I'm saying to you, and who cares if you brick seven threes? You're still going to win the game, and you still should win the game. But who cares? Just take the shot attempts and work on it in game action. Yes. Practice is one thing. Game action, you need that. Thank you, Chris. Go ahead here. You want to add on here? Let me ask you guys something. Uh, where do you guys stand on uh, Tobias Harris? Because we're talking about Shake Milton needs to step up and Furkan Korkmaz, but we're mm-hmm. not talking about the guy who's getting paid I a think, boatload of money. Tobias. I think we've all accepted and we've gotten to the point where we're just like, Is okay. he just a guy? Yeah. You know, he's he, just he, a guy. He's literally just a guy. He's, as far as I'm concerned, underperformed. I'll keep mine short and What's sweet, for? and I'll let you guys elaborate. My, my opinion on Tobias Harris is I feel like he can be a really, really good player when he's – you know, has the ball in his hands when he gets 20-plus shot attempts because we can see him. He can rack up 30, 35 if he wants to, if he's mm-hmm. given the opportunity. But when Simmons and a beater out there with him, he only maybe gets 12, 13, 14 shot attempts, mm-hmm. and he almost feels like, in my opinion, he's like kind of not knowing his role because mm-hmm. he like we see him out there yesterday getting 22, 23 shot yeah. attempts against the Clippers. And that's a problem because now this is his what? After what year and a half into mm-hmm. this offense and coaching, still, it's he coaching. still doesn't know that, what a role the, is. Yeah, the I more agree. I look, watch this, and the more yeah. I see these players, and it, it might not have happened if these injuries didn't happen, because we might be saying, okay, uh, Horford doesn't fit Tobias, but when these guys play by themselves, mm-hmm. you know, single handed, no Embiid, no Simmons, Simmons out there by himself, we can see when he dominates, like he did a couple weeks ago against yep. the Nets, Embiid, like he did against the Knicks, we saw him dominate. Tobias Harris when he has the ball in his hands, they can all do special things. 
We have the players, I believe, but we just need somebody to bring it all together and get the most out of them. Yeah. Go ahead, Tanner. You know what, Max? I, I agree with that because I, was, I wasn't I was sure if it was due to coaching a few weeks ago, but now I agree. It, it's got to be coaching because we look at the Phillies, how we had great players last season. Mm-hmm. We, we had a bunch of great players. You look at paper and you're like, this, this team's going all the Especially way. Especially the yeah. lineup. Yeah, and then – so at the end of the season, we were like, all right, it's, it's got to be coaching. And now we're going to see how that works moving forward to this upcoming season. Yep. And that's what I believe where the Sixers are, too. Yeah, you got team. great players, but you need someone to, to, to guide those players. Make it gel. Because yeah. these guys, like I just said, they, they've shown their individual talents. We know how special. Even Horford, who he's not going to give you 25 a night. No. But he's shown the ability to be successful in this league and play at a high level. If and if he's your fourth right guy... I know a lot of people are down on him, and rightfully so. He hasn't played anything like he's had in, or he has in the past. But if we get a coach in here who can bring this team together and show their strengths and have a game plan, that's one thing I feel like people don't know their roles going into the game. Right. Mm-hmm. Even it, it doesn't matter who you're playing, but it, Tobias is like, okay, am I going to get 25 shots tonight or am I going to get maybe 11 shots tonight? Right. You know, it's just such a big difference in that. You know, no one really knows is MB going to be dominant down low? Or are we going to feed him? Is Simmons going to make him clear out to the perimeter and let me just drive and dunk all night long? Every game is a different type of feel to it, in my opinion. We see every game, okay, Simmons has the night where he's, again, like I just mentioned, dunking and dominating, driving. But Embiid might only have like 12, 15 points. Other games, Embiid will have 37 points, but Simmons might only have like 12 with like, you know, nine rebounds, eight assists. So it's so inconsistent. And I feel like if we get a coach or somebody to guide these players, like you mentioned, Tanner, mm-hmm. in order to have some consistency and saying, okay, Embiid, you're going to be here tonight. This is your role on this team. Right. You know, somebody's got to take some leadership. And I, it's too much to ask the players to say, hey, take over, and you're going to be the team leader because they're so young. Yeah, I was you know, about to say, yeah, they're, they're a little too young to be put in that position. So, yeah, you got to have, like I said, an old school guy. Old school coach. Yeah. It's not going to take no crap off of them. An old school guy that's going to kick their ass every mm-hmm. single practice and every single game. Yeah. yeah. And when I said Tobias underperformed, of course, he, he's had good games and he hasn't been a bad player, but we pay the money we pay him is to be an all star. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just hasn't been that guy where we're looking at a, a long run of games and we're like, oh, I can't wait to see Tobias play tonight. That's it, just not. That's what, what we thought coming into the yeah. season. I was like, "Oh, Tobias Harris, full yeah, all season. these Tobias yeah. Harris jerseys." There's not. There's not really that. It's, not a lot of hype around it. For. Yep, not a lot of hype around it. Definitely, and I agree 100 percent with that statement. I think he's shown the ability, like I mentioned, to drop 30. But again, it, it depends on he's if he's given the opportunity or not. And and yeah. some nights he is, some nights he isn't. And some of the shots he he, he takes are just off too. And mm-hmm. I've been Agreed. noticing that too. Yeah, I think he's he's at his best when he's in the high post almost. You know, he, again, he can shoot. He's shown the ability to, but that's not his go-to strength. I feel like he can drive. He, he can, He's one of those guys that he doesn't have the talent, so to speak, as Jimmy Butler, mm-hmm. but he has like that mindset like, okay, I've proven that I can score a lot in this league, and he's kind of what you need to be, or he's, he's what you need to have, a go-to scorer. And, again, we all sit here and we're like, man, I wish we had Jimmy Butler because Jimmy Butler had that mindset. To, you mentioned the dog in him. Yes. Tobias doesn't have that. But what he does have is a good skill set that he can bring to the table, and it's just about can he have the opportunity in this offense to show that. Mm -hmm. And some nights he does, some nights he doesn't. We need to find some consistency there. But, again, I'm not bailing on this whole thing yet as far as future years together with this squad. No, no, no. I'm not bailing on the entire um, process. You know, I'm not not bailing on that, but I am concerned. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially because where we were were supposed to be projected as a one-seat or two-seat in the East. This is as being a five or six is really disappointing. Exactly. And then then 
seriously needs to be some change in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, I definitely 100% agree. All right. All right, you want to transition over here? I got some Eagles talk I want to talk yes, to you guys about. Yes, we got yeah. some. Woo. Let me let me talk. Let me let me mention a few topics here. One thing I've heard today, mm. just speculation. All right, go ahead. Uh, Andre Dillard on the trade block. All I was of a just sudden. about to talk about um, that. some guy on Houston wow. radio mentioned that Andre Dillard might be on the trade block because, like, we we all sat here weeks ago on the show and said Jason Peters is done, but apparently Howie Roseman doesn't see it that way. So okay, um, according to Jeff McClain of the mm-hmm. Philadelphia Inquirer. Um, the Eagles are not ready to move on from Jason Peters because they believe he can play at a Pro Bowl level, and they also think that Andre Dillard is not at the right level to start at tackle. Not yet, or, or wow. what do you think? Not yet, or n- not I, as this guess, moment, or do you think period he doesn't have the skill set to do it? You know it? what? That one game where he played at right tackle, yeah, he, and got, I guess, he didn't play well. Yeah, and then I guess they're scared about that. But my thing is, he's not when, supposed to play the right tackle. Exactly. And then I look at the game against the Bears, and then I look at the game against the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. My man was going up against Leonard Floyd and Khalil Mack, and he did a pretty decent job. Now, mind you, he didn't go to the level of Jason Peters good, but the kid did an actual decent job. And if he's not ready, he's a first-round stinking pick. If he's not ready to take over that left tackle position, why the hell did we draft him at the left Mm -hmm. tackle position in the first round? This would be a really, really bad hit on Howie Roseman's Mm -hmm. resume because if we have to get rid of this guy after less than a year, I mean, think about it. It's not even up a, up on a year yet since the last draft. It's stupid. And to have to trade him possibly or get rid of him, yeah. I mean, we're looking in, 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 a, in a lot of trouble. This is new for the Eagles, too, because usually we're known for holding on to guys way too long. Yes. And uh, giving them too much of a chance. But now, And now I mean, you're just going to give up on the kid? No. Yeah, but also what you brought up about him playing against those all-stars on or those pro bowlers on defense that he had to um, play against, um, that could also be something that other teams are looking at. And although the Eagles don't think that he's the right fit for their team, other teams might think, you know, we'll give the Eagles this for for Dillard. Maybe that's the way they're I'll looking at business kind of way. And my thing is this. My thing go is ahead, how, how long are you going to continue to draft talent and not develop this talent? Mm-hmm. This is something that I fussed about time and time again. You cannot continue to draft these young players and not play them and not grow them, not mature them. Not bring them up in the system. You cannot continue to go out and trade for other teams' players. See, the one thing I will say, and I'm a football lover. I love football. I watch a ton of it, college, pros. Uh, One position that I don't have an eye test for is the offensive line. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't look at an offensive line and say, that guy's a really good tackle, especially the guards. Like, who? for me, I can't, like... Is that right guard doing a good job, or is that yeah. left guard doing a poor job? It's very easy to judge the lineman. It's when, so easy when to your quarterback. Gets it's hit. easier for me to judge a wide receiver. Like, okay, that dude can just run past cornerbacks. Okay, right. draft him. That dude is a stud. A running back, same thing. Uh, a tight end, uh, uh, even a D lineman. Fletcher Cox in college, he just would blow by the the center with, and go tackle the quarterback. I mean, those guys you can see with the eye test. Okay, draft them. For with, offensive linemen, it's different for yeah, me. Yeah, with offensive linemen, what you're looking at, you're looking at arm length. You're look, but not only just the physical um, attributes, but you're also looking at how they use their feet, how they use their hands. How Are their hands violent? How quick are they mm-hmm. um, off the snap of the definitely, ball? That's definitely one thing. T, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. How much stock do you put in the combine? The only thing I value, there's only a couple things that I value and is very little. Like I might look at the 40-yard dash to see really how fast you are, but then that's not really your true speed because you're not in pads. Exactly. No. So I don't view the combine like, okay, Anybody, it's important. Any, yeah, it's important, but any idiot can train for the combine and put up good numbers. Yeah. Prime example, 
we drafted him here in Philadelphia Eagles. Um, what's his name? Mike Mike Muscal. Something like nah, man. What's his name? I'm forgetting his name. But you guys know what I'm talking. The defensive about. end. Yeah, Marcus Smith. No, no, not Marcus Smith. It was somebody else earlier. I, I remember his I name. Forget. Yeah, I gotta look it what up. What position did he play? He played defensive end. Okay. We drafted him. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles drafted him. And he didn't play well. No, he was a he blew up. He blew up the draft. I mean, not the draft. He blew up the combine. And he got drafted really high because he was just an all-out athletic freak. Mm-hmm. But when he got on the field, he wasn't worth two cents. Right. Yeah, I don't know who you're talking and about. That's, and that's the thing that I'm talking about. Let me give you a couple examples here. For, for me, watching DeJavion Clowney in college, I was like, holy crap. Like, this right. guy's going to be dumb. I look at film. You know? Okay, I yeah, and that's film. And that's part of it. You see his tape, and you're like, okay, I'm watching a college game, and I'm like, wow, this guy is absolutely insane. Like, draft him. And I'm, I'm not like some smart GM, some scout or anything. I can just watch the TV and be like, wow, okay, draft that guy. Then we draft guys like like uh, Barnett. Okay, I've, I think apparently you're looking at stats and all, but I'm not watching the Tennessee game, and I'm like, right. holy crap, let's draft Derek Barnett. I mean, and Barnett that's was I, okay in yeah, college. And that's what I'm saying. Like, We got to get guys that, for me personally, were just you watch them, and you're like, okay, that guy's going to be productive day one for our team. And I feel like the last couple of drafts, almost since we took McCoy, since we took Fletcher Cox, since we took guys like that, I feel like it really hasn't, you know, our draft has kind of been more for potential rather than, okay, look at the draft or look at the college level and be like, okay, that guy's a superstar stud. Let's draft him almost. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I hear you. And it's just it's frustrating to me. It truly is. All Some right. of the spots, for example, like, okay, Brandon Graham, who's been productive in an Eagles uniform, and now I'm just giving you examples. I watched Earl Thomas, and I was like, holy crap, Earl Thomas is going to be a stud. He gets picked right after Brandon Graham. Mm-hmm. And then I'll go to another example. We took Derek Barnett. Jonathan Allen went right around there, too. He was a defensive tackle from Alabama, and that dude was just dominant in college. you know. And, and I think Dillard, for example, last year, I'm not saying there's, there was a guy last year in that range that I would have Jerome taken. Mc, Jerome McDougal, that was his name. Okay, Jerome McDougal. In 2003. Got it. Oh, I you're talking a while back there. Yes. Okay. I remember. I remember a lot. <laughs> I believe you. But this year's draft, and, and we've heard a lot about Henry Ruggs. If we can find a way to get him, please. I mean, the guy is just athletic freak, and I saw him play at Alabama. I can stand for right now. I'm saying to myself, oh, yeah. he can play flat out. 4. Get him on this point team. 4.28. Yeah. Are you kidding He'll me? He'll be productive day one, and that's guys you need on this team right now. You're not drafting, oh, okay, let's take an offensive lineman, hopefully – we can develop, and we're not talking about development. See, this team's built to win right now, right? As fans, we want Super Bowls. Doug Peterson mentioned it's this is our time. This is going to be winners. the new norm, so to speak. Ugh. And I really do need <laughs> players to come in here. And we just flat out, if if, if we're going to uh, – talking about this topic right now, if there's one thing we need to mention, just draft better. Flat out. I like just how draft Chris, better. I like how Chris just got frustrated. We're diving in. So said it was the new norm two years ago. We're talking in. We're talking different <laughs> years, players, positions. Listen, flat out, just draft better. So, draft guys that are going to so produce day one. If you're kicking Andre Dillard out the door, what are you doing for left tackle? Because you surely can't bring Jason Peters back. Well, you're back. definitely bringing Jason Peters yeah. back. If you kick no, Andre no, Dillard no, no, out, no, you've no, got to no, bring no, Jason Peters Not a good Peter. idea. Well, Who else you going to put at the left tackle position? I don't know. I don't know. We're not the, That's we're not I'm GMs saying, here. What the hell do we do? That, I don't know. I don't know what to do in this situation because this is an asinine, stupid position that you're tr- about to put yourself in. Like, because, yeah, yeah, I don't see you, free you agency being even, a good idea. Yeah. You didn't and give Dillard a shot for like a full stretch of games, even like six, seven, eight game span at left tackle, which is his natural position. Yeah, we're talking about a guy that was going to retire two seasons ago. Yes. Seriously. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, uh, let's what? Not he, bring him back. He can play at a Pro Bowl level. 
Like, come yeah, on, man. Come on. I, I don't come know. On. I, come on. Come on. I hope y'all do have a plan. Like, we'll seriously. see. They, I'm Just sure they're looking do. forward to more penalties on offense, I guess. Yes. the ball down. Let, let, me mention, let me mention uh, on the other yeah. side of the ball here, real fast. Uh, update came out recently mm-hmm. about uh, Byron Jones. Eagles apparently willing to offer All him in. $17 million a year. <laughs> T, I want to get you your know opinion. Hard. Because, you know, you watch the tape. I looked at the stats. This guy has only two career interceptions for a cornerback, which what? scares me a little bit. Mm. But, you know, obviously the corners we have, anybody else would be better. I was about so to what do you that. think bringing this guy for the amount of money he wants? Is it a good idea? Would you rather see some sort of trade for a different guy? Okay, outside of the fact that, yes, he would be a clear upgrade over anybody. That exactly. Have. That's the, the reason why he only has two interceptions is because teams weren't really thrown in his direction. So is so he like a Jalen Ramsey lockdown? So of a corner, is no, he? I'm not going to say that. So I, okay, I'm going to call it this, and I just came up with this on the fly. I'm going to call it the Nadi Asamoah effect. So not like I said last week, Nadi Asamoah was a shutdown corner for the Oakland Raiders for many years. Nobody dared to even throw in his direction. It's the same concept with Byron Jones. Oh, by the way. We signed Byron Maxwell during the Chip Kelly era. So he was a product of that whole um, Legion of Doom. So that's the reason why he got paid as much as he did, even though he really wasn't worth the money. Clearly he wasn't worth the money. All right, I've never seen a cornerback uh, flail his arms for a blown coverage a day in my life. I've never seen that. Like, he literally just looked lost. He literally would just flail his arms and just be like, hey, coach, I'm lost. Take me off the field. I've yeah. never seen anything like it in my entire life. But anyway, so... 16, 17 million dollars. That disturbed me. Well, listen, he also got, he has three forced fumbles and he's deflected the ball 43 times. Which is cool. So he, then you go to the defensive players can't catch thing where he has only two interceptions, but he's had the opportunity for more. Yes. Uh, he's at least knocked the ball down. Yes. And that's what I like. And I like the fact we're that. Talk, you guys, know. we're talking about 17 in football with a cap space. We are talking about $17 million a year for a cornerback. Well, when you look at a, uh, a position that this team really needs to improve on, you look at the cornerback position. Yes. That is a, we look at a point, lot of positions. At but this yeah, point, you're getting home. desperate, and I'm sure we can all speak on how midseason we were just get someone else in there. Yes. Just get anyone, anyone that we can get at we cornerback. Had to, we, we had were, to deal with Sidney yeah. Jones and Russell We were Douglas. talking about getting fans out of the stadium and yes. playing cornerback at that yeah. point, and it was it was. I rough. was contemplating losing weight and playing corner. <laughs> Seriously. Like, it was that it was that bad. But, okay, so $16, 17000000 million, that's, that's hefty for me, for a, a, a Byron hefty. Jones. Hefty. That's, that's more than hefty, too. That's, man, that's expensive. Uh, I'm almost ready to lean towards <laughs> Darius Slay at this point for $16, 17000000 million. I'll take my chances on Darius Slay. Wasn't you last week who said no? Yes. Towards Darius it was, Slay? Yes. It was until I seen that price range. Okay. $16, okay. $17 million for a Byron Jones. While, yes, he is a decent quarterback, and, yes, he would be a better corner than all of the corners that we've previously had. I'm not paying him $16, $17 million a year. Okay. This was the year in 2015 when Jones got drafted 27th overall. It was 2015. The Eagles actually that season had the 20th pick. And they took Nelson Aguilar. I was high on Jones. <laughs> I was high on Jones. Dumbass. I was high on Byron Jones. I know he went to Connecticut. I saw the tape and I thought, okay, at the time we still needed cornerback help and I figured he would have been a great fit. He fell a little bit, obviously, to 27. Yeah, but T, listen. Uh, but, uh, listen, he's gone. He's going to be gone, so don't yeah. worry. What's up, Tanner? Well, you're talking about how mad you were that just now the reaction that you had was you'd rather have Jones at that point than Aguilar. And 
Well, for anyone, you can't predict the future. No. And now Aguilar has a Super Bowl ring with the Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, Byron Jones has zero Super Bowl rings. And Aguilar was a big part of the Super Bowl run. So without without Aguilar, we don't know what could have happened. He was, and I'm not going to deny that. But at the same time, I can still find somebody else to do the same thing Nelson Aguilar did. Probably better. Let's be honest here. Man, I tell you what, I'm just going to quick bump this in here real quick. David Johnson got drafted 86th overall in the 2015 draft out of Northern Iowa, and we took Jordan Hicks two picks before him. It just goes to show you that we need to draft better. We need to have better scouting department. Jordan Hicks in Arizona right now? Yeah, because here's the thing. Football, and we're we're discussing draft classes in different sports here, but (sighs) football's, you have a 52, what do you have, 52-man roster? 53. 53-man roster. So you can't just go out and sign a bunch of free agents to make your team work because there's a cap. You have to be able to draft. One thing we haven't been able to do consistently is draft well. And I think that if you're going to spend $17 million on Byron Jones, I think you're just making the wrong decision. Hey, Eagles organization, yo, yo. You understand what I'm saying to you? Seriously. You got to draft. You got to draft better. I'm sure, I'm for sure in this draft, we have picks. We have a ton of them. Yes. You can find a guy that has Byron Jones-type talent, and you can get him on a rookie contract instead of paying a guy $17. This is the thing about Philly sports. Phillies, Phillies are a perfect example. Of this things aren't going well. We don't have anybody in the farm system. Let's just go start signing guys for a, a billion dollars. Bryce Harper, Andrew McCutcheon, or Zach Wheeler. We're bringing in guys over a hundred million dollars, and I think that just handcuffs us for you know future trades because no, no one wants to take our contracts. Exactly. I.e., the Sixers at the deadline no one wants to take the Al Horford contract. No one wants to take the Tobias contract, and it just handcuffs us down the road. Yes. So starting this offseason it could be uh one of the i'm not going to say it because it, it, it's argue you, you could argue this mm-hmm. but it could be the most important draft in howie roseman's career like there needs to be some kind of development um please within this eagles you can't waste please. the players we have around us right now you know miles sanders who's been productive at the end of the last season and especially carson wentz the future here you got to surround him with talent mm-hmm. you can't waste these prime years of carson but i, I do think that if and I wanted to mention this to you guys. Mm-hmm. We we talked about this before. Who do we want to draft in the you know first round? Mm-hmm. And and we could go any any which way here. Uh, usually they don't have a track record of drafting the linebackers high, but we've seen Isaiah Simmons. Not saying he's going to fall into the twenties, but that's just a name that's been thrown out there. I think for me, it always comes down to cornerback and wide receiver. It sounds from the outside noise that they're going to sign or try to sign Byron Jones and draft a receiver. Right. Do you agree with that strategy? Um, I don't have a problem with that. Only if – so from what I hear, because of how good these wide receivers did in the combine, they're going to have to move up in that first round. So long as you grab one of those top wide receivers, then I'm fine Ruggs. with that strategy. Yes, that's what I want. I want Henry Ruggs. I was high on Jared Judy until he made that um, unnecessary um, Jewish joke. That was completely stupid. So yeah, give me all, give me rugs all day. I think the best receiver in this draft, CD Lamb. I don't think it's close. I think he's the most talented receiver. And I think if you can go up into like the, maybe pick twelve, if you say he falls to twelve, I think you got up and got to go up and get him. Yeah, that's a guy you're going to have as a, either a slot or a deep threat for years to come with his athletic ability. Not yeah. saying Jerry Judy may be a little bit more polished, right. you know, as a big time threat, like a big time AJ Green type receiver. But I think C.D. Lamb, with his skill set, his speed. C.D. Lamb is nice. I think, man, he can impact so many ways. So, uh, speed and uh, route running and all those things. Uh, he checks all the boxes for me. There's mm-hmm. also uh, Jefferson from um, LSU. Yes. yes. Who, um, you know, he's not a you know a, a sexy pick, mm-hmm. but he's, 
you know, he, he's there, and you don't have to go up for him. Yeah. And there's actually there's a ton of wide receivers this year. I think there's going to be a lot of movement, too. With there these are. quarterbacks that are up there, a lot of trades, I think, are going to happen. I think the big thing is they want to move ahead, I believe, of the Broncos, because the Broncos are also going to be um, mm. in the running for a wide receiver as well. Yeah, so I heard about that, too. The plan yeah. is to jump ahead of the Broncos and draft whoever they want to draft. But... <laughs> this is a draft I think we need to move up because I, one because yeah. we have a lot of picks in the later rounds too. Package a couple of them. I think this is a draft which you don't see the Eagles do a lot, but mm-hmm. I think this is a, they usually either stay put or drop back. I would which have we've seen. I but, would have assumed that the Washington Redskins who's up there um, would have wanted a receiver, but apparently they're actually looking at the quarterback position. Yeah, I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if they take Tua, which got to be one of the dumbest things I've ever seen in my would life. Take Haskins. What did I say last year? You're drafting a 19, 20 year old kid that he's going to need development. You're you're not just going to you can't just mm-hmm. hand him the keys to a franchise. Right. He's still going to need to develop his game. We still don't know what a Dwayne Haskins game is, and yet still you were ready to give up on him. This is the reason just why the Redskins are a joke. A multiple of quarterbacks each season for the Reds. Skins at one point it was Mark Sanchez. They had Colt McCoy. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? Cousins. They had lights. Case Keenum. It was just a mess. Uh, Alex Smith. What happened? Is he going to come back? Is he returning? He's trying. They're to. still waiting for him too. Here's the thing. It's Dwayne Haskins. Mm-hmm. I just don't think the, he's going to. He's got the keys, like you said. T. He's got the keys right now. And I think if I'm a Redskins fan, which obviously I'm not, but if I'm a, I'm sitting here thinking about, okay, do I want to get a guy like Jeff Okuda or Chase Young? I don't know that, and I think they could be making the right decision here, drafting Tua, because he's a the quarterback position is most important, and it's a game changer. Do you really have a hundred percent faith in Dwayne Haskins when you can get a guy that you might like more in Tua? And I think you have to go get Tua. I know Chase Young. I get it. He's a he's arguably the best player as a whole in this yeah. draft. So it's going to be tough. Chase Young. But do you want to get him on defense and then have still have Haskins and you're still kind of you know mediocre, or do you want to have a guy that can take you to the next level? Like, well, like I said, it's going to take some. Dwayne Haskins is going to take some development. Now, for me personally, I don't. I'm not that high on Tua. I'm not. I'm high on Tua. We I'm, have different not, opinions here. I'm not high on Dwayne Haskins. There's times where wow. No, there's times. I saw him in college. Listen, Dwayne Haskins is. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you because of the simple fact that he's young and I think he needs development. But I'm not high on Tua because there were games where yes, he would be dominant, and then there were some times where he would make a throw and I would raise my eyebrow. I'm like, dude, that was a clear overthrow. This Um, is my opinion. Have you watched Dwayne Haskins play? Yeah, I have. It's almost similar. T. I, I think, said almost. in my opinion, that Tua is the best, or I should say, well, I think he's the best quarterback, but I think he should be going ahead of Joe Burrow, in my opinion. Uh, I'm that's go just that not going to happen because of yeah, injury. I agree, but I think as when this is all said and done, and I said this a couple years, the one, few times I've been kind of right about quarterbacks, I said that Josh Allen will be the best. Remember that class a couple years back? They had Josh Rosen, there was mm-hmm. Baker. Mm-hmm. I thought Josh Allen was going to be the best quarterback out of that class. And... So far, he's been right up there. Man, Man I was wrong about that close because I said Josh Rosen was going to be yeah. the next big thing, yeah. and boy, was I wrong. Yeah. Oh boy! It's all right, we it's all ridiculous. we all have our, uh, yeah, our no, downfalls we can't a little all bit. Predict the uh, future. I do think. Does anybody else agree? Chris, t- or I, I see your do you point. Th- You're saying that um, I think Tua's, due to the fact that Tua got injured, someone's going to oh yeah kind of get away with getting the Tua. most talented yeah. quarterback. I think is Tua, in my opinion. I know yeah. Joe Barrow with the touchdowns and all this and that, the national title, the ring that he's got. I get it. 100% agree. The best team last year flat out was LSU. We all know that. But I think if you're talking this class and we're talking 10 years down the road, who's got the brightest future, I think Tua has the best skill set. You can convince me of that. You can honestly convince me of that because I think Joe Burrow just has too much of that um, tag. What? He has too much of that 
too much arrogance. He's too ca- cocky. Yeah, he got too much arrogance. Now, if you're a smart him. team, and this is just me thinking a little bit ahead here, if you're a smart team, do you do you say? Yeah, it's too much of that Baker Mayfield effect. I agree. I see. I oh, know. I see what you're saying. But listen, I think if you're a team five, six, seven this year, if mm-hmm. you can get, you know, maybe I know teams are going to want to move up here. Mm-hmm. If you can get a lot of draft capital, maybe move down a couple <laughs> spots. Maybe Chase Young falls to three, four. You never know. You mm-hmm. take Chase Young. You let all these guys, these teams, get their quarterback. You tank like crazy next year, and you get Trevor Lawrence number one overall the following season. All right. What do you think, Trevor mm-hmm. Lawrence? And you have Chase or uh, Chase Young. Man, man, Trevor Lawrence, that's my boy right there. If I'm a GM, that's what I'm thinking right now. Because yeah, yeah these quarterbacks, it's kind of a toss-up. Joe Burrow could be the next big thing. Tua could. could be the next big. Even Justin Herbert, they're saying the, the, Jordan Love. The thing is with the thing is with um, Joe Burrow is he only had that one season of success. Yes. Whereas with Trevor Lawrence, he actually has a record I have, of success. I have a future fear that Trevor Lawrence is going to go to the Patriots. Oh, well, here's the thing. I, the Patriots, I, I, I don't know. I'm kidding. I was just. I'm that. sick of this. I don't think so because the Patriots are always going to be good, and he's going to be number one overall. Yeah. What? <laughs> you know. Do, so, are you banking on uh, Tom Brady staying with the Patriots? I'm banking on the rumors are no. I'm not banking not on Tom Brady. Too hot. But I'm saying this is just me thinking. I'm thinking ahead as a GM here. Like if I'm the Redskins, look at my saying, okay, let me t- chase Young. These guys are all going to take Herbert. They're going to take Love. Okay, let's tank this year. And then, boom, you get your franchise quarterback and Trevor Lawrence, and then you build around him from there. Hey guys, it's just an idea. Hey, guys, real quick, because I did promise Chris some um, flyers time. So, he did. Real quick. Um, this Alshon Jeffrey report came out, apparently, where... Um, Another Alshon report? According, uh, according to Philly Inquirer, once again, Jeff McClain, um, if there was anyone who thought the receiver would return next season, the combine wasn't the place to go searching for that. While, it may, while there may never be any proof that he was behind the anonymous quotes... Um, Many inside the Novacare Complex believe he was the shore shortly after report a prominent player on the offense confronted Jeffrey to the point where they had to be separated. Had to have been Lane Johnson. I agree. It's yeah. either Lane Johnson or Jason Peters. One of the two. It, it, that's the only, those are the only individuals I can think of. Well, honestly. You know, maybe Jason Kelsey, too. See, Kelsey's not. I don't know why everybody's so out on Alshon Jeffrey. I don't. I mean, this guy we're talking about. He's still talented. I get the fact that he's caused problems, and, and listen, that's the that that's is the a problem. big problem. See, I hundred percent. But as a fan, well, that's what we are. We're not GMs here. I know we like to think like we're the GMs, but as what's a the fan, problem now? As a fan, I'm I'm he, not sold on Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah, still. I'm not. I, I think, mean, he barely. You know, we talked about it last show. He hasn't played a lot when he's, you know, in games. It's he's in he's been for injured. a couple plays in that first half, and then he disappears, and you don't see him the rest of the game. Right. If we don't get a receiver, we have to get a receiver. And here's yeah. what I'm saying, and this is because of the fact that if you let Alshon go or trade him, you got to get another receiver, and that's neat. that needs to be through the draft. Because you, as these rumors come out, it looks like they're going to sign defensive guys and draft offensive talent, like receiver, for example. Mm-hmm. So, Chris... Let's go, Flyers. Well, real quick, well, real quick. We want to dive in here uh, so real quickly. Apparently, Nick Foles is on the trading block. What you, oh, yeah. What do we do? So Nick Foles is on the trading block? Yes. Oh, yes. They want to start this. They want to start Minshew Gardner. Gardner Minshew. Gardner okay. Minshew. Go on it. Poor guy. T, I thought you did it on purpose we'll this time. To get, yeah. We'll have to get into the playoffs for you to finally it's about get damn game. time. So, apparently, yeah, they want to trade Nick Foles, and they want to start him. Hey, I take him back as long as they keep all that money. Absolutely keep, not. I don't want him. Keep, keep all that Whoa, whoa, let's go with... Whoa, what do you mean? You're ridiculous, no, Forte. See, listen. T- we absolutely not. Remember how Tanner brought up the fact that Nelson Aguilar has oh, a Super Bowl no. ring? Who's I don't care. Who's responsible for that? T, you Who promise? put him in a position? 
listen. You I'm promised Flyers talk. You pro- we can't talk because this is going to take us to the end of the show. I we agree. Got, we're going to save the Nick Foles chatter for next week. Yes. When he's an eagle again. Thanks, well, don't, don't get too irritated too Thank much. You. All right, let's just relax. Was that here. Alshon in a six for There's, Nick Foles? <laughs> I think that T and Tanner need to start getting on the Flyers bandwagon because they've They're missing quietly. Out. Hey, They're I missing like hockey. Out. You know what? I'm going to be honest out. with y'all. So yesterday I took my family out to an infamous um, restaurant down South Philly, and I was actually watching the Flyers game, and I was thoroughly entertained. I'm serious. I was thoroughly entertained. Now, I don't. They have once. I don't understand six. why Carter Hart gave up, you know, a Screaming match here. How do you give hey, up a goal? Listen, I'm the only one. I'm the only one here that's met Carter yeah, Hart. So. <laughs> Who can Jerk, scream louder? Who can scream louder, Chris or Chase? <laughs> well, Chris controls the board. So, uh, I do, so I can shut him up. Yeah, Let's true. dive into the specifics. Hart. Six do wins. Do not talk ill of Carter Hart. Listen, oh, listen. Right. Six wins for the Flyers. Six losses in a row for the Penguins, which has yeah. been a big swing of things. Quit yucking my yum. Number two seed in the Metropolitan Division right now. Chris, now, I know you got a lot to say. Dude, I just want to say well, this. Dude, to start a, lot, with. a lot of people are hyping up the Flyers like almost too I much. Know. That it's scaring me. It scares me. I'm a not even bit. kidding. The, I don't even wear a case. It was probably from Vegas. They're, they released their odds for who's yeah. going to win the cup. Literally, the Flyers are at the top of the league right mm-hmm. now. I'm like, whoa, whoa, okay, hold Here's, on. I hate you. There's, and, there's three key factors, and I'm going to let you dive into it because I know you're, you're a big Flyers guy. I want okay. three key factors to the season that we're having right now. Okay. Number one, the head coach. 100%. 100% the head coach is one of the main reasons why we're dominating. Whatever he's doing behind the scenes really changed our mindset because we only brought in really one main different guy here, and that's Kevin Hayes, which leads me to my second point, Chris. Kevin Hayes is the one you guy. Jerk! Se- <laughs> Kevin Hayes is the one guy, it seems as though we were missing. We have Giroud, these guys, for over a couple years now that have been here. Yeah, Kevin Hayes comes in, boom, he's worth every penny we're paying him so far. He's worth every penny we're paying him. He's dominated so far for us. Kevin Hayes did have. Uh, a coach-player relationship for five mm-hmm. years before, and and that's listen. That's you know, my second. That's my second point. And here's my yes. third one. I'm gonna let you go. My third point that leads me to is the general manager slash defense that has been a part of this team. Getting Justin Braun in the offseason, yes. trading for Matt Niskanen, and that goes hand in hand with the GM because he has to make a trades to do so. And that is my third point. Those three, those are the three keys, in my opinion, and, that have led the Flyers to this much success. And this year. you know what? You know, what? I, I, I know. Floor that is yours. Floor I, is yours. Look, I know. Like last summer, because you, you asked me, you were like, "Dude, I, I'm not sure about this Radko Gudas trade." Because look, last year he was the Flyers' best defenseman easily. Matt Niskanen has put Ivan Provorov in his happy place because look, if the Flyers are going to have success, Ivan Provorov, in my opinion, is probably the second most important player on this team because Could when you get deeper that? and deeper into the playoffs. He is going to easily play close to a half hour, maybe even more than that, a game. And he's, he's on the ice a lot. Yes, more than any other player. And he is going to have to play solid. And Matt Niskanen mm-hmm. is like the perfect defensive partner for him. He's I would perfect. appreciate it if you turn my soundboard back on. The veteran you know leadership. I'm going to need you to shut the hell up. <laughs> the veteran leadership Niskanen brings. And I said this when, when, when we had this conversation when Gudis got traded. Yeah. Gudis, again, he'll bring that energy for you. But Niskanen's just such a pure veteran. He knows how to oh, win. Yeah. With, with, those, with, those time, with his time in Washington. There was a quote Kevin Hayes had a couple days ago. He said, I played against him for uh, like five or six years. I never realized how good he was. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, arguably, I would say probably second best defenseman on this team behind Ivan Provorov. Mm-hmm. And man, look, Myers has been low key nice too, man. Myers has been probably the best breakout player this year for the Solid. Flyers. And what was that? What did I say in the offseason? I said we need we got our goalie, and I was trying to build forward because yeah, we had our exactly. talent, our offense. That, well, I sit here on the show and said I need we need defense. That was because those guys are the key. They can help oh, yeah. play defense, obviously, and then 
help Carter Hart even more. That was the same same mentality Ron Hextall had when developing this team. Because look, Ron, I feel like Ron Hextall got a little shafted when he got fired being the general manager. Because mm-hmm. the the reason was because uh, the owners went to him and said, "Look, you're taking too long. We need to be competitive now." And Ron Hextall said, "No." He was fired. And look, suddenly, the fruits of Ron Hextall's, honestly, Is, it, is this is, turning into a Sam Hinkie uh, comparison? Hmm. Sam Hinkie gets fired, builds it from the ground up, and then all of a sudden, here comes Elton Brand. And, and we all know uh, Colangelo stepped in there for a little bit, too. But yeah. No, this has no, been, it's this been a fun ride so far. Oh, yeah, dude. And I'm definitely, dude, I'm holding the bandwagon door open because, uh, dude, it's more fun when bandwagon. Yeah, you two want to hop on? I know you, neither of you watched the single Flyers game this season, but. That, that, oh, he's got, he I was, just play, said play I'll that, watch. That's not true, soundbite. Yeah, I wish I could, but. The last two times you guys well, look, cut the show off early because you two look, had no interest in talking the fact Flyers. That, you know, remember, not everyone wants to listen to hockey. Remember, now all of a sudden, oh, the and hey, I get it. I get it. It's an, I get it's a niche sport, but you know what? Give me my five minutes. No, that, and we that's gave perfectly it to you. fine. Now please Chris. turn my soundboard back. No, on. shut up. Because look, remember how last week Max had to scold you for you know going Max crazy. Max scolds me all the time. Gee, you think I care? Gee, you're doing so well today. Let's end on a good note. <laughs> yeah. Let's end on a good note. All right. Well, um, but uh, definitely this Wednesday they play Washington. It'll be a really good gauge to see where they're at. I'm nervous about this um, game, man. I'm really want to win. I'm starting time, to get excited. Dude, last time they were in Washington, they won seven two. I'm not saying they're going to do it again. But it's they won, huge. They won we both have a couple days off here. Yep. And now you definitely start Carter Hart in net. Oh, uh, yeah, you 100%. have to. You have to. And I'm trying to figure out here because Washington beats Minnesota Wild last night. I was really hoping the Wild could oh, yeah. get a W, but they lose four to three. Yep. So now that gives Washington a three point cushion. They have 86. We have 83. Mm-hmm. Penguins are just on a land. They're just they, falling they apart. Place, four place, if I'm not mistaken. Ooh. Penguins. Penguins third, are now third, third. in the Metropolitan uh, Division. Come on, third. Third. So yeah, that was close. So no, they, this West Coast trip for them was terrible. <laughs> Really, oh, really bad yeah. West Coast trip for the Penguins. Six-game losing streak. Keep it up. Yes, keep it up. Keep it up, and, Sid. Uh, keep it up. Ne- dude, next week is uh, – not this week. Next week is going to be a re- really big week just because they play against Boston, best team in the league, mm-hmm. statistically. Yeah. And then they right after that, they play Tampa, who, in my opinion, is the best team in the league. Uh, both of those games are going to be huge. Now, I know Tampa and Boston play each other coming up. I'm not 100% sure when. I know it's in the last next day or two. But that's going to be really fun. I want to ask your opinion. Is Tampa Bay the best? Because I look at them and I think Tampa, they could be the I know they're not points-wise, but they're dangerous. Stamkos is now going to miss a couple Stam- weeks here. Stamkos is now out, but, dude, Kucherov, Braden uh, Point. Kucherov is insane. Victor Hedman, in my opinion, is probably like top five best defensemen in the league. Now, Lightning arguably were the best team last year. They get bumped in the first round. They, could that repeat this they, year? No. They, dude, they, uh, Too good, they, right? made, they made a couple trades mm-hmm. to really bulk up. They're not going to let that happen again. Vasilevsky, in my opinion, is the best goalie in the league Point. too. Braden Point, dude, the, the, that guy's nuts. Yeah, he's one of my. And, he's and one of my. Ku- uh, and, Ku- and Kucherov. Kucherov, is, <laughs> dangerous. Yeah, like I said, the, that's the only team I don't think the Flyers could be in. Points wise, series. I think now right now St. Louis out west is the best out there, yes. and then east is Boston. So yeah. you really, like you said, I'm getting so much hype now because of the winning streak of Flyers. They're saying, man, maybe a cup win possibly. I want to pump the brakes well, there. The, the, Okay, so the reason behind that is because the Rangers, before these two games against the Flyers, they were on a nine-game winning mm-hmm. streak, and you know everyone's talking about look how good the Rangers are. They went from nothing to now. They were hot coming into f- Philly a couple nights ago, and yep. we beat them two in a row. And yeah, we knocked them back to reality. Yeah, and hopefully they'll stay there because we have we developed a nice cushion 
over ourselves in the division standings as well as the conference because now we're up a little bit on the Islanders. We're up a little bit on the Carolina Hurricanes. Mm -hmm. So we're in a good spot. I think we're definitely making the playoffs, but I just want to keep this two or three seed because I don't want to run into the Boston Bruins in the first round, for example, as the second wild card. Let's stay pat, keep the course here. Uh, Take advantage of home ice, man. Home ice would be insane. Hell, That would be great. All right, let's shut it down, T. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Before we shut down, I'd just like to congratulate our Mustangs for being the uh, Region 19 uh, 2020 champions. Um, oh, that's you know, right. Nice regional victory. Real regional impressive tournament. team this season. These guys have a bright future ahead of them, and they're still rolling. They, Ooh, they still yeah. got some, you know. National more, tournament coming yeah, up in Minnesota. More things to win. Congrats. Shout out to them. Congrats. Yes. It's a fun season so far. Sandra and I have gotten to do a couple broadcasts down there. And that's right. Listen, dude, you guys it, do a hell of a job. Yes. If you guys, listen, you guys want to know some A-plus broadcasting, seriously, look no further than those two. Seriously. That's been great. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate follow, that. Follow Max and look at his profile. Um, the game's right there in his bio. Right in the bio. Tanner Gill's on the Instagram. Uh, that's Max right. underscore yes. Gretz on the Instagram. All right. So check the bio, guys. It's a great. It would be great to get the viewership up. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Good luck to the Mustangs yes. in the national tournament title run. Hopefully they can uh, make some hay. Yes. And listen, you guys missed any of this episode, you can always go to philly-experience. That's simplecast.com, available on all major platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, everywhere where you can download episodes. Chris, you ever, ever shut off my sound bites again. I can't you not. I can shut off your mic. You know what? It's just, you know what? I'm not putting up with it. It's too much horse shit. It's too much. I'm not. I'm sick of you. All right, everybody, next Monday. Next Monday. That's it. It's me and you. Enough is enough. Start playing with the. Kind of circumcised. I want to see people rip their heart out of their f***ing chest.